Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. You can always tell when it's Sterling Bennett on the board. Got that heat. Oh, my God. Just untouchable at this station. Not a knock on any of the other technical directors, but the uh, the beats that come when Sterling's running the board are just different. Producer. Just built different. <laughs> 888-957-9570. If you want to jump in, talking Warriors postseason, I want to sprinkle in the 49ers draft real quick, though. Yeah. And I don't want to dive into this from the, from the angle of Oh, they this cornerback they took in round five. They should have waited until round six. Like I don't, like bro. I did not watch a lot of Toledo football. I'm just gonna <laughs> keep it. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'll catch up. I'll watch some Samuel Womack, but I don't have a, a take on on exactly. I want to talk about process. You know about process. Yeah. You're a Philly guy. Trust it. But I want to talk about process and what what the 49ers did because I thought they went into this draft. I think offensive line was right there at the top of the list of needs if you were putting them in tiers. I think it was O-line in tier one, but then tier two, it was like safety, cornerback, defensive end, where, yeah, they have some players there, but you could see them adding some depth or maybe a player who can who can push to the top of the depth chart. Right. And worst case, they're, they contribute this year a little bit, but then build into starters next year when the 49ers start to lose some talent that that leaves their rookie deals. Dre Greenlaw, for example, is is off of his rookie deal next year. He'll be a free agent. Uh, Aziz Alshire will be a free agent. Jimmy Ward's a free agent. So they have Emmanuel Mosley, I believe, is a free agent. So they have all these players coming off the books. I think they need to start restocking for future seasons. Right. And to me, they did that. They took defensive end Drake Jackson with their first selection. Uh, they They added some corners. They added a, a wide receiver in Danny Gray, who runs a 4-3. They added some offensive linemen who might be in the mix over the next couple of years. Great. The one that was a head-scratcher, though, like, overall, I thought they had a nice little draft. Mm-hmm. I think I know where you're going. Is it, is it the running back? Yeah, Tyrion Davis-Price from LSU. Right. right. Yeah, no, and, and I'm with you. I 
I haven't watched enough of these guys play for me to have a strong opinion on them as players. So the way I look at drafts is just positions, positions of need. And I don't think running back was that high, should be that high on their priority list to take a running back in the third round. Yeah. I just thought there was other directions they could have gone at that juncture in the draft. So here's here's the thing, and, I, and, and you make a good point, because maybe Tyrion Davis-Price had one, you know, quote-unquote good year with LSU. He had 1,000 mm-hmm. yards last year and six touchdowns. But other than that, he was, I think he had 600 rushing yards in his first two years. Yeah. So this is the, the kind of player that it's not about whether he can play. Maybe he can. And if he's a pro bowler, great pick. But it's about the value at that position and what the 49ers have gotten from running backs like Raheem Mostert, who was an undrafted free agent, Elijah Jeff Wilson Mitchell. Jr., undrafted free agent, Elijah Mitchell, sixth-round pick, mm-hmm. was eighth in the league in rushing last year in 11 games. That's nuts. Uh, Matt Breida, undrafted free agent. They've done this time and time again. Jamichael Hastie, who was their third-down back last year, undrafted free agent. They spend a third-round pick, traded two fourth-round picks to get into the third round last year to draft Trey Sermon. That didn't work out. So they go with a running back in the third round again. The the bar that this is now set for Davis Price as a running back is so high. Right. He has to contribute in a big way this year to justify the pick. I I completely wholeheartedly it's agree. My I just only gripe. I did not get the thought process behind that pick. Other than that, I probably would have taken the offensive lineman a little higher. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, with Danny Gray, like you said, he's a speed guy, and shoot, they might be down a wide receiver coming up in the next couple he weeks. Is, Who knows? The the Danny Gray thing is a wide receiver from SMU. He only played two years uh, of of FBS football. He is the kind of fast that when you turn on, like just YouTube Danny Gray. Yeah. And there are so many plays where it's like he's just oh, running he's, past people. He just runs through through and past people with angles. Like he is he ran a 4-3-3 and he looks that fast. Right. And that's an element like that's what that's an element the Niners just didn't have in their receiving core. Forget whether Debo Samuel's on their team or not. Right. That is just an element you have a, a possession receiver like Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk can stretch the field a little bit, but he's more of a possession guy. Danny Gray is straight up Tyreek Hill type of speed. Take the top off the defense. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill, but that's the kind of speed he has. So I I overall like what San Francisco did in the draft. A couple of things they didn't do. One, they didn't draft a center, which leads me to believe that they think Alex Mack is either returning or they have a plan for him not returning already. Well, they Kyle Shanahan or not Kyle Shanahan. John Lynch said on this past Monday because I, I was at that presser that because someone asked him specifically, right. uh, is Alex going to let you guys know his plans before the draft? Mm-hmm. And John Lynch was like, "Yeah, that's the thought process." So that just leads me to leave. Alex Mack must have told them like I'm going to come back. Yeah, or like I said, or I he know, said he's I know, retiring, and they're like, "Yeah." I know J.C. Treader's a free agent. Maybe maybe they they're in talks with him in case Mack does. I don't know. Yeah. But overall, it was good. Didn't draft a center. The, the other thing that just, didn't happen. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I'm go sorry. ahead. Can he just make up his mind? Like, dude, are you coming back or not? Hey, Why? Maybe, maybe he's talking it out with his family. Maybe they're seeing how his body feels as he gets into June. Maybe he's just going to see if he misses it. Yeah. Maybe he's waiting to see, like, yeah, hey, you know what? Phase two of OTAs, I want to go, but I'm not really feeling Maybe he's just waiting. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't either, man. Hey. Um. So, 
The other thing that didn't happen was more day one related, Thursday, when the Niners didn't trade Debo Samuel. And here's the fascinating thing to me is Matt Barrows reported, so it wasn't crazy that the Niners didn't trade him. No. What's wild to me is the Jets were willing to give up number 10 and a fifth round pick for Debo Samuel and a second round pick. They were going to require the Niners to attach a pick to Debo Samuel to acquire him. The Philadelphia Eagles traded number 18 and 101 to get A.J. Brown, and then they cashed A.J. Brown out. Right. That tells something, and then the Lions also made a quote-unquote light offer. That tells me that the league doesn't value Debo Samuel the way they value A.J. Brown. Right, because the way Debo Samuel plays, well, first of all, we don't know if this is true because the only thing Debo likes to do is send cryptic messages on social media and then act surprised when people talk about those cryptic messages. <laughs> the worst. But, uh, you know, it has been reported that he does not like the way he's used. And the way he u- he is used is what makes him so valuable. So if you're not going to play that hybrid role, then why – our team's going to pay you what you want. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Um, so that's why I think the market is down. It's like, hey, he doesn't want to do this, play this role. He just wants to be your vintage classic wide receiver. And is is he really good as just your well, vintage ca- uh, classic wide receiver? Well, I think he might be, but he has one year of elite wide receiver production. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is I, he was he was excellent last year before – Remember, he didn't turn into this wide back until week 10. Yeah. That's when it really took off. Before that, he was among the lead leaders in receiving yards. Yeah. He was having a monster year. So I think he can do it. But if you're a if you're a team, you look at AJ Brown. AJ Brown had 2,000 yard seasons out the gate. He had almost 900 yards last year in 13 games. He was on yeah. his way to 1,000 yards. Right. Yeah. He's done it for three years. Debo has really, he was really good in year one, got hurt in year two, was awesome in year three. I can see why a team's like, yeah, we're not giving you A.J. Brown money. Right. We'll give you four and he got 100. We'll give you four and 90. And if you're awesome again over the next two years, we'll we'll extend you from there and really break you off. But I can see why a team right now wouldn't, wouldn't want to invest that 100 million, 60 million guaranteed in a player that really has done it for one year. I'm interested to see if Debo is willing to sit out because, as you know, the NFL, it's not the NBA. The NBA is a little easier to kind of force your way out of a situation. Right. The NFL is pretty hard to do it. Yeah. It's pretty hard. Teams have a lot of leverage. A lot of leverage. And I, I'm told this, and Jeremy Fowler confirmed it today, like Debo does not want to play for the 49ers. He is dug in. Yeah, he's done. He does. He, you know, he doesn't want to play here. At what? Where is he willing to go to make that happen? And I don't know. You know, Debo's a different cat. Uh, some people, once they start getting fined and and they see they see their money escaping their bank account, they start acting right. But some people don't care. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before. 
I, yeah. I, I grew up in Philadelphia. I saw T.O. doing push-ups in his garage instead of going to training camp. <laughs> T.O. was a different cat. I love T.O. so much, man. T.O. was a different cat, too. That's all I'm saying. Still is. I'm not sure. I don't think Debo showing up on time and being at mandated things is a given. I really don't, if he's still on the roster. No. Like, I could see him turning it into the Debo Samuel show and just rocking to the beat of his own bump, drum set. So here's the, here's the thing. Is the Niners clearly are okay with letting him sit out? Because if he sits out, he doesn't accrue a year. So he's not an unrestricted free agent next year. Right. He's a restricted free agent. The Niners can give him the restricted free agent tag, which is less than the tag he would receive if he plays this year. Mm-hmm. So the Niners hold a lot of cards in this situation. And I think there are other teams who are going, yeah, we would trade for Debo, but we're not going to give up a ton because he's only done it for one year. Right. So Samuel is going to run into the same problem whether he tries to get traded or not. And so I'm wondering if cooler heads prevail by training camp. And like you said, when those checks don't start cashing in July, yeah, because he's not showing up to camp and he's getting fined, that's when I could see him going, okay, yeah. I'll say, because here's the deal. If Seeing it's a, if it's a choice, is humbling. right. And if it's a choice between sitting out and making some personal stand and getting fined, not getting paid and not getting extended or signing for four years and 90 million with 40 million guaranteed, 45 million guaranteed. I know which one I'm taking, right? And we don't know the extent of the beef that he has with the 49ers, but I think the 49ers are looking at it like there's nothing that's happened to make us believe that he would never want to play here again. This is a tactic, so we're going to call his bluff. And that's what's happening. Because if the 49ers thought that this was irreconcilable, they would have taken the 10th pick. Are you a cryptic message Twitter guy if you were disgruntled? Sometimes. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'll fire off a GIF. <laughs> I'll do it, but I'm not. But I'll fi- I'll do the like. Um, when I was when I was uh, this is one of my favorites. When I was coming up, and I say coming up like I've made it somewhere. When I was younger, and I was doing this, and I was writing for different sites that were like, oh yeah, we'll pay you this much for this, and. Oh, yeah, if you do, you know, 25 posts for our site, then, you know, we can talk about, you know, paying you and this and that. Every once in a while, when someone would rub me the wrong way, I'd fire off the the gif from uh, from the Dark Knight. Okay. Where the Joker says, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Mm-hmm. I'd fire one of those off every <laughs> once in a while. But, yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't hate a little cryptic message. But you know what I would never do, Jason? What? I would never fire off a cryptic message. And then when somebody called me on it, go, what? I don't know. What are you talking? Act so shocked. Wow. Why are you trying to make a story out of this? That's what, that is what's frustrating. (laughs) It's like he does things that are clearly for attention. Right. Clearly, pretty objectively for attention. And then once, what, once it gets attention, then it's like he calls foul. He's like, right. oh, you guys, fake news media. Making up you, stories. You guys just makes, you're, you, you're trying to get a rise out of people. You told Jeff Darlington that you wanted a trade. You told a media person, I want out. Media person reports it. People go, what the hell, why? 
and Debo can come out and say, this is all dumb, you guys don't know anything, but won't specify why he wants out. Yeah, it's it's weird. What and is he doing? Like, pretty much every walk of life and every aspect of life, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. If Debo doesn't want to play in San Francisco anymore, I have no issue with that. I mean, shoot. Totally. Like, we should all be able to pick where, if we all could pick where we le- where we work, you know, everybody would have that choice if they could. Totally. So, you know, it's just only human nature. Maybe he wants to work somewhere else. But the way he's going about it is it's pretty foolish, in my opinion. Now, I get there has to be some gamesmanship because you're trying to get money and, and you know, everything's a bargain. Uh, in a negotiation, so you might want to like maybe he's acting a little crazy on purpose to like force his way out. I get some of that, but like at the heart of this, to me, is just a guy who is like wildly immature. Yeah, I don't even mind. Like I said, I don't even mind if this is his tactic for trying to get the narrative on his side, trying to show fans like, hey, I can't say exactly what's going on, but I'm gonna do my best. To let you know what's going on and to go trying to trying to control the narrative that way. Like, hey, in due time, you guys will find out. I don't even mind that. Right. I mind that he's out here going back and forth with Odell Beckham Jr. on Twitter and going like, oh, they're just trying to make up stories. Like, no, Odell Beckham Jr. just tweeted that you got traded to the Patriots. Like, of course, people are going to talk about that. Right. Like what? What? What's the? And do you not think they were texting beforehand? Like, yo, send this out, send this tweet out. Like, he, that wasn't right. just a spur of the moment thing from Odell Beckham. They have probably been texting, and that thing, all of that was probably staged. I totally agree. So it's like that's what I mean. It's like it's kind of a clown show, if you ask me. Yo, it feels like it's getting there. Like it's no longer like to me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You want to get paid. He plays a high-impact sport sport. at a high-impact position, and he has, frankly, earned a rate. He is going to make, what was it, $4.6 or $4.8 million this year? Mm -hmm. He has earned the right to be paid more than that, and he should. Mm -hmm. I am with that. And if the 49ers said, hey, we're not going to pay you, or hey, you know what? We're not going to extend you. We need to see one more year. I get it, him being pissed. I am with him. But when you're firing off the cryptic IG posts and you're wiping your IG of 49er stuff and you're sending out tweets and you're going back and forth to Dodo Beckham on uh, he's going to spill the tea and all this, like that makes it hard to be in be on his side. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Fully, fully say he should be paid. Not what you do is how you do it. Like, man, it's hard to root for that guy. Yeah, he's, you know, he's acting like a, a child. Now, don't get me wrong. I want him to play. Shoot, come out and. I want yeah. him to play for the 49ers. Yeah, he's really, really good. He's an unbelievable football player. I mean, just, yo, say things with your chest. Like, if you don't. You told a reporter that you didn't want to be in San Francisco anymore, knowing he's going to put it out. That's literally mm-hmm. why you told right. him. So if you're going to go that direction. Just be transparent, you know? Just say, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be in here anymore. I want to trade uh, the cryptic speculation and, and, and all the, like, half jokes. and It's it's clown show behavior. The Debo Samuel owes us nothing. Nope, he don't owe us nothing. But at the same time, 
if you are going to be as public as he's been about the situation, right? You cannot, you cannot sit there and be shocked when people pick up your your Instagram post or your tweet or your you liked a photo that somebody made of you wearing a Cowboys uniform. You know you liked like, it on for a reason, right? This is all on. So if you're gonna do that, just do it. How about when they were in Don't the club? Don't complain that people are covering it. Right. When he was in the nightclub and the bottle service girl had that thing like stay in San Francisco or whatever. Yeah. And, and Debo looked at it and was like doing this, laughing like, no, nah, I don't want to be there. Like, was that, do you think that was, do you think that was a, I'm not going back or a, hey, stop filming me? No, it was a, I'm not going back. I took it as a stop filming me. See? Because even I've had, even not, to, not, to, not to brag, but I've had Marshall Falk do that to me at a thing where I just had my phone. I was just video, not even him. Yeah. But I was in this little section, like little VIP section at the American century championship. And I was just kind of doing a like panoramic video of the scene. Mm -hmm. And he did that. He did that exact same motion. Like, Hey, no, none of that. Please, please don't get me on him. Wife doesn't know I'm here drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, just, it was just like a, Hey, I don't think it was him necessarily, but like, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, who knows? I don't. That's the that's the thing though. Who knows? Is Debo Samuel on the team week one? I think he is. I do too. Now whether he's playing or not, that's. Mm. I, I'm I'm telling you, like, I can really see this going in a direction where he refuses to play. Mm. But like you said, the Niners aren't just going to trade him to trade him. Like, yeah, they're either going to have to get some value back that they see is equal value or more, or, um. Or they're just going to say, hey, just sit and pout. Because this this is the NFL. Like, they have all the power. People are saying Debo has the power. Can Debo make things awkward? Can can he make things toxic? Yes. But at the same time, I also think the 49ers have enough vets in the locker room that they could kind of sift their way through all the BS. Like, mm-hmm. Fred Warner, George Kittle. Shoot, even he's not going to be the starter. But even Jimmy G, like, these are guys... <laughs> These are guys with Trent Williams. Like, these are guys with a lot of acumen. Well, and Debo Samuel's a leader in that locker room, too, at least by all accounts. Yeah. So if he winds up signing a contract and goes in the locker room like, yeah, guys, I was just trying to get paid, I don't think anyone's going to hold that against him. Well, you know, when, when Fred Warner and and Armstead spoke the other day about the situation last Monday— they genuinely seem like they didn't even care. Yeah. Mike McGlinchey. He's he, trying to get his money. Mike McGlinchey was like literally said, it's none of my business. Yep. He's like, it's none he's of my like, business. If he resigns and he's back in the locker room, nobody's going to go, hey, what was that IG thing about? Yeah, right. Cares. <laughs> they want to win games. Right. And Debo's going to help them win games. And that's why ultimately I think the 49ers are going to do whatever they have to do to, unless, like I said, unless Debo Samuel is of the mind that something happened or maybe something did happen that was just like, you know what? I cannot play for that guy or that team or whatever anymore. But I genuinely think if the Niners thought it was at that point, they would have they would have traded him for the 10th pick. And, he, and that would have been that. This is interesting on the Xfinity Mobile text line from the 510. I think he comes in slightly out of shape with a bad attitude and not an ounce of leadership. Harden did it twice. Oh, is Debo Samuel James Harden? Oh, we'll see. Oof. I mean, Debo, like... He's already like, he's he he seems like he has the type of body that could get out of shape quick. 
if he doesn't yeah, he like you know came what I mean? in out of shape in 2020 yeah you know i mean and when you come into camp out of shape that's how you get hurt yep that's when those pulled hammies start that that jones fracture and then the hamstring issue yep mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened in 2020 so we'll be able to talk i think debo this debo samuel thing's going to drag out quite a bit we'll have plenty of time to talk about that We've got half an hour left. We have Warriors-Grizzlies game one to talk about. We'll do that on the other side. He's Jason Dumas. I'm Kyle Madsen, and we're rocking with you on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. It's a Miley Cyrus track. I know what's good. This song, this song, uh, I forget what it's called, but I just turn on when I go to the gym. I just turn on like a workout shuffle playlist, like a yeah, pre- right. Pre- and this is on there. And I was like, okay, this is nice. Yeah, I enjoyed the juice it. Is flowing, huh? Yeah. I didn't know it was Miley Cyrus, and so I was looked and I was like, it's like, oh, let me see who this is. This guy. Oh no, am I that guy? Am I'm not just- afraid to admit it. Miley had a run where she had some bangers. She did. I think she literally had an album called Bangers. Yeah. She, you know, she's a little off a rocker, but a lot of the talented people are. I've reached the age now where um, where I'm able to appreciate Pink, the artist. Pink? She's a... She had some hits, dude. She's a Philly girl. Is she? Yeah. I didn't know that. She's a Philly girl. She's, she had I some think hits, she, yeah, man. I think she's from Doylestown. It's right outside the city. Yeah. I'm glad I've outgrown the stage in life where I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a man. Oh, I don't no. listen to that. Uh-uh. I, no shame in my game. Bangers only, bro. Pink, actually, she performed at the Super Bowl. She did the uh, national anthem oh, at, yeah, that's at the right. Super Bowl. The Eagles won. I was at that Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that was that was... I got to see her 
in uh, person. Yeah, she's awesome. She's she's talented. Kyle Madsen, Jason Dumas, we're hanging out with you. <laughs> we're not going to talk music the whole time. We're actually going to talk Warriors Grizzlies game one and this series to me. As we get set, tip off in just about two hours. You can listen to all the action right here on 95.7 The Game. I'm going to stick around at 11 o'clock. John Dickinson's going to jump in, and we're going to do a little Warriors pregame. But um, Is Dickinson in town, or is he in no, Memphis? No, he's in Memphis. He, I he's, heard he had a, he he had had a red Steve, eye last Steve night. Kerr. Steve Kerr mentioned, mentioned Dickinson by name yesterday. He's like, I heard he has like three flights he has to take. Yeah. I, I think he went to like... He had to go to Denver, down then to Atlanta. To Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, Steve Kerr was like, "That stinks. We're 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 about to fly direct." <laughs> well, J- JD is is the hardest working dude at this station, so he was putting in work, and that's why right. he had to take the flights. But uh, no, JD will be on. We'll be doing a little Warriors pregame leading up to Game One against Memphis again. Tip off at twelve thirty. This feels like a a. This might be dramatic, but I'm going to roll with it. Like a watershed moment for the the post-KD Warriors. No, it is. I don't think you're being dramatic at okay. all. Because if they can't get past Memphis in 2022, it's really hard to see them doing so. In 2023 or 2024. Yes, right. because Memphis is on the ascension. The Warriors' core, at least three of their four best players are on the backside of their careers. Yes, yeah, this is year 13. Right. The most optimistic person is looking at this Warriors team and going, man, the Steph, Steph being their best player probably has, what, two, three years left? Yeah. Ideally? I mean, even the Suns, like Chris Paul, can Steph, Chris Paul's 37. Can Steph still play at a high level at 37? Absolutely. But Devin Booker's a star on that team. Right. Mikael Bridges is a huge piece on that team. Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, like they have, they have other pieces around Chris Paul where Chris Paul doesn't need to be the best player night in and night out. Right. He can have a, a night where he has nine points. Right. And they're still going to win. The question then becomes, is Jordan Poole going to be that guy? Can Jonathan Kaminga be that guy? Can Moses Moody turn into a Cam Johnson type? Can you get that, something out of James Wiseman eventually? Can you get anything out of James Wiseman eventually? Right. But those are questions down the road. I'm right. talking this year. Mm-hmm. And it's, it would be really hard. So at the start of this year, if you had said, hey, the Warriors are going to get to round two and they're going to lose to Memphis. Given where they were, they're going to be the three seed get to round two and lose to Memphis. Given where they were last year, the eight seed losing in the play-in, you would, you'd go, okay, I'll take that. But given the way this season has gone and given where the Warriors are and where Memphis is, it's, it's, it would be really hard if Golden State lost this series to be like, hey, Great year. They'll be back next year. It would. I think I might get there eventually, but in the immediate aftermath, it would be very, very hard to be like, all right, this season was great. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Like, if the Warriors lose this series to Memphis, from a sim- symbolism standpoint, it would almost be a changing of the guard because the Warriors, this core, it's not getting better. Like, it is what it is. We know what it is. Mm-hmm. Steph's in year 13. Clay, I believe, is year 12. Draymond's in year 10. You know, you, like you said, even the most optimistic person, this core probably has like two, three more years max of like high level play. I mean, right. I don't think they have any years left of like 
being able to rely on them all for 82 games a season. Right. You that's, can already that's over. Yeah, you see Draymond's body. He, he, he didn't make it through a season. Clay was off for two and a half years. I'm sure he doesn't want to, uh, you know, have any DNPs or anything, but he's probably not going to be an 82-game-per-year player anymore. And then right. Steph, you know, always something fluky will happen with Steph. Last year he cracks his tailbone on some random bleacher. This year Marcus Smart kind of – rolls onto his ankle. Um but if they can't if they can't get past Memphis as currently constructed, it'd be hard to fathom that they could do it ever because Memphis is only going to get better. Their core is young and just entering their prime. Meanwhile, Steph Dre and Clay are on the back ends of their prime. So it'll be interesting, but Vegas sees, despite what the records say, Vegas sees this Warriors team as the favorite. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're the favorites too. Like I'm picking Golden State to win this series in six. Uh, I, th- I think they can do it. Um, but if they don't, like if they can't beat Memphis as currently constructed, you have to think that they have to look outside of the organization and bring someone else in. Mm-hmm. Another star type player. Yeah. Um, because... The West is only going to get better. Memphis is only going to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it just it, it is what it is. Denver's going to be better next year. Yeah, assuming Denver's Jamal be, Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. come those back. Are two All Star caliber yes. players coming back to Denver. Yes. Um, you know, Phoenix is going to be Phoenix. Those guys. I think I, Phoenix I, has got staying power. Outside of Chris Paul, they're they're loaded. Like yeah. outside of Chris Paul, they're all young and and. Getting better. And I think that they are going to, I think post Chris Paul, they're going to be fine. They're still going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I agree. So this is, this feels like it's the year that they need to get it done. Yeah. With this current core. Now, I love Jonathan Kaminga. I think he's going to be an all star one day. Uh, You think he's going to get more minutes in this series, too? I do. I mean, Steve Kerr basically said it. Um, This is the type of series for him. Yeah, he has to. I think these minutes, I said this the other night when they were playing Denver, he had that little five-minute spurt. Even if he's not awesome, I just think getting him those playoff minutes, getting him that experience is going to be so vital for him down the road. Because when we talk about you know, next year and 2023-24, and like guys like Kaminga are going to have to start being really, really good. Right. And I think these minutes are invaluable for that. No, 100%. And then, uh, you know, Moses Moody, he's just going to be steady. I don't see him really getting playoff minutes. Um, just, just he's just a product of a of a roster that has guys who are above him on the totem pole. Right. Um, but like I like I like where the Warriors are uh, from like a future standpoint because I think uh, those two rookies are good, and you just gotta hope you get something out of out of Wiseman at some point. Um, he's had such a and it hasn't been all his fault. I don't want it to seem like I'm coming down no. on the guy, but he's had such a disappointing start to his career. Yeah, and I think he'd probably tell you the same thing. Yeah. He didn't want to come in and be be so injured he couldn't play for a year and a half. Right. Um, so, you know, the Warriors are set up nice for the future, but the guys that the guys that really are the money makers outside of Jordan Poole, they're in their twilight years. Mm-hmm. It sucks to say because like you want Steph to be around forever, but. Father Time is undefeated. Right, he's 34. Yeah, and his game is going to age gracefully, mm-hmm. just the way he plays. Um, 
But at some point, you Draymond's need... Draymond's game is not going to age gracefully. No, and at some point, you need other players to step up around those guys. Like, that's how you... That's the needle they're trying to thread. Right. Can they compete now with these with this core, and then in the coming two, three years, phase... Not phase out that core, but adjust their of, roles. Can there be a changing of the guard? Right. A natural one. Can you adjust their roles where... Okay, you're relying less on Draymond to play a bunch of minutes at the five because Jonathan Kaminga is able to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you're relying less on Steph Curry to be your primary scorer and playmaker because Jordan Poole is able to do it. Can that can that process happen gradually? And I think it can. I think we've seen that it can. Yeah, I I, I do too. You know, the, do you take anything away from the Warriors Grizzlies matchups from this year? Because no, I don't. I don't. And uh, zero zero stock. They weren't really healthy for any of them. Yeah, Draymond didn't play in their most recent one. Clay Thompson did, but he only played twenty minutes. Jordan Poole, twenty two minutes off the bench. He was three of eleven, one of six from three. Steph Curry had a triple double, but he was only two of nine from beyond the arc. Eight of twenty one from the field. No Draymond. Juan Toscano Anderson started. Otto Porter played twenty eight minutes. Uh, Bielitsa had twelve minutes. Yeah, Just, I, I love JTA, but I don't think he's getting uh, any minutes. This no. uh, this series, no, and they're in trouble if he does. Yeah, you know, not uh, hating on JTA, but we know what time it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he's end of the bench guy. You know, just yeah. kind of just who he is. They, every NBA team has one. He's has great vibes, right? Excellent vibes guy. Yeah, I mean, if there's crazy foul trouble and he has to come in for a six minute stretch, it, do I think he kills the team? No. no, no, of course not. But you don't want that to happen. You don't want him starting. No, <laughs> exactly. And he started against Memphis earlier this year. So, um, yeah, you know, they there's no. It's crazy how different they are from any of their matchups from this year, and certainly from the play-in last year. Well, Denver beat them three out of four times yeah. this year. Did that matter? No, no. they just gentlemen swept them. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting, and uh, I know the Grizzlies are confident because they ended Golden State's team season last year, mm -hmm. but this is a complete different team. Very different. Kent Bazemore was getting big-time minutes. This year's Warriors would wash last year's Warriors. Oh, it wouldn't even be close. You I have mean. this version of Jordan Poole. You have Klay Thompson back. GP2. GP2. Shoot, Otto Porter, like yeah, it's just such a better, smarter team. Cause yeah, last year you're relying, you're 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 genuinely relying on Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore. Yes, Kelly Oubre's he's a nice NBA player. He Wasn't did, he hurt for the play-in? Yeah, yeah, he was hurt, and he, I mean, he just him and Steve Kerr. He's not a Warriors type of player. No. The ball kind of sticks to his hand, and he's going to dribble the air out of it and try to look for his own shot. And in this system, that ball has to be snapping, a, right. snapping around the perimeter. Well, was the thing we complained about all last year is like they're the team just doesn't have a lot of basketball like you. Right, exactly. Because um, Kelly actually had a pretty good year for for Charlotte. It's just he wasn't he wasn't a Warriors type player. But yeah, they beat a team last year that just quite frankly wasn't that good. It was Steph. I know the Warriors were favored, yeah. But it was all Steph. Yeah, it was, they just weren't that good, even though Jordan Poole did play really good. That uh, He did. He, he had a, two he good had, playing games. He had, you, you, you just saw the flashes last, late last year what, of what Jordan Poole could be become, and he slowly has became that. 
when he was confidently stepping into three pointers in the play in, right? It's like you have some nerve to do that, but I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. the audacity to play the way he'd kind of played all year and then be like, yeah, I'll take the biggest shot of the year. Right. I, I love, I love it. You got, and it's translated. You gotta, you gotta have that kind of in you when, when you're a pro athlete. Oh, look, most pro athletes have egos. That's mm-hmm. kind of what makes them like the top 1% at their craft. Uh, that ego kind of, that kind of push you a little farther than everyone else because you have this crazy belief that you're better than everyone. Um, because you you usually are if you make <laughs> if you make it to the pro ranks. So yeah. Jordan Poole definitely has that, and uh, yeah, you know, like just at the building yesterday, there was just a, a calm sense of confidence. Interesting. Yeah, you like. Did watching Memphis struggle with Minnesota change your 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 outlook for the season at all? Or not for the season, but for this series because it did for me. Yeah, no, it did definitely did for me. Like I know. The NBA playoffs, it's all matchup-based. So, right. like, the Warriors pose a different type of matchup that Memphis could Memphis could thrive. Maybe they just didn't match up well with Minnesota. But at the same time, like, Memphis is lucky they're still playing. They, yeah. a- they absolutely should not have won that series. Yeah. It, it's And it's not anything like, oh, they came back from this and they did this, like, more power to them. No, it was more like Minnesota. It was... It was almost impressive how how they threw that series. Like it was impressive. It wasn't anything Memphis did. It was all what Minnesota didn't do. Their inability to close a game was astounding. Yeah, like it was literally shocking. I was like, "Is this happening?" Just their how does defensive breakdowns, turnovers, bad shots. Dude, I was watching the game where they blew the twenty five point lead. And I was screaming at the TV, call a timeout. How, like, did did the coach want to save some of the timeouts for the next game or something? It was unbelievable. Once you get to, like, a 9-0 run, call a timeout. <laughs> Let alone, like, a 20-0 run. It was nuts. And that's that's what, so I, I my concern, quote-unquote, for Memphis was, are they going to, are they going to be riding high and think that they can just throw their jerseys on the court and beat Minnesota? And I think there was a little bit of that there. Right. But do we think now they're going to go in and there's no way they do that to Golden State? No. So can Golden State, if Memphis in this game one comes out and goes up 13-2 to two to start, can you weather that storm? Right. And that's where I think the Warriors have a massive advantage because they've been there. They've been through this. They've been through this. We talked about it earlier, specifically in Memphis. Right. Very different team. But they've been through this in Memphis. Four of those guys are still there. Yeah. And that's one Three thing. Three of the most important guys are still there. I wish his role wouldn't be huge regardless, but I wish Andre was healthy right now, especially with his little history with Memphis. Mm-hmm. They can't stand him. They took that very personal. Oh, my Lord. Like, it's wild. It's like three years later, they're still booing the guy. Right, And they're, they're, in, the, they're in the post games like, yeah, you know, he had – he had his plans and we had ours, and I guess he just didn't want to get on this, get on this train or whatever. It's like, man, what? Yeah, it's Relax. like I, I don't think he thought into it that much. Yeah. I don't like. It he wasn't... also got to go play in the finals with the Heat. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what are we doing? Right. Yeah. It's that's that's definitely one of those cases where they care a whole lot more than he does. Yes. Even to this point, like, well, people will be like, ask him about it. Andre will be like, yeah, I, I heard the booze. I, 
It wasn't personal for him. Yeah, it wasn't personal at all. He didn't... They weren't a finals <laughs> team, and he wasn't going to go use a year of his career on a non-finals team. Yeah, he just, you know, he, he had built up enough like equity and clout in the NBA where pretty much any rational-minded person would be like, yeah, I can see why he wouldn't want to go play to Memphis, and he's probably earned that right to right. to be like that. If he was some hotshot rookie like Zion Williamson, for instance, who's you know obviously better player than Andre Iguodala, but like... Zion Williamson, when he's like hinting he doesn't want to be at the Pelicans, it's like, dude, calm down. You played one year. Right. You know, like, do something first. Yeah, yeah. Like, Andre's like, dude, you're like 12 years in, multiple champion. You've played every role in the NBA. Right. Yeah, you've probably earned that clout to like not want to go to play for Memphis if you don't have to. But that's the kind of, that's sort of what makes Memphis scary, though. Yeah. Is they hold on to that stuff. They take that stuff very personally and they're mm-hmm. going to use it. Right. Um, I. I wonder what happens to Memphis if the reverse happens. If the Warriors jump out to a 15 to 3 lead. Yeah. They won't fold. Well, and that's they didn't against Minnesota because I think they deep down thought like I said, I think they thought they were going to throw their jerseys on the court and beat Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Against Golden State, they've not faced this version of Golden State. Do they come out go down early and do they full or do they start throwing haymakers? And that's going to be the 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 chess match in this series. Well, FedEx Forum is going to be is going it's to be, be crazy. crazy. Yeah, but like you said, obviously nothing can phase the Warriors anymore. Like Memphis can go on a seven zero run, and that place can damn near be shaking. And Steph will probably walk down the baseline and be like, "Oh, that's that's cute, loud crowd, right? Sweet, right? We've seen like eight billion of these. You know, right. we we've been in dog fights in Houston." We've been in dogfights against the Thunder, down by like 10 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, like, okay, it's cute, Memphis. You got a cute crowd, and then the Warriors go on like a 23-7 run and shut everyone up. Right. So there's there's no situation that they haven't seen uh, that's going to phase Golden State. I know I, I feel like the Warriors are going to be very even-keeled throughout the series, and then with Memphis – there's going to be a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, the highs and lows, they're exhausting. And I think it's going to tire Memphis out. Yeah. Just all the emotional roller coasters that come with playing in a series like this. Meanwhile, you're going to look over at that Golden State bench when things are tight or maybe there's some adversity and you're just going to see Steve Kerr. They're chilling. Chilling. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> we, we got this. We'll, we'll, we'll navigate these waters. The biggest X factor to me going into this series is we got a couple minutes left. Is it's I know that it's been Jordan Poole has been the you know really the X factor and what makes them elite. Yeah. But I think they're hard to beat when just Clay Thompson is rolling. And, and and we saw that against Denver and he seems to be all the way back. He wasn't great in Game Five and went one for six from three. He was three fifteen from the floor. But man, he grabbed nine boards. He still put in fifteen points. If he's scoring twenty plus efficiently. I, I I yeah, Warriors Warriors in, in six at the most. Yeah. Um I've been so impressed with Clay and I have to you know, I have to call myself out. Like I was super hard on Clay. Same. For a pretty because I just, you know, like we said earlier with Debo, it wasn't what he was doing, it was how he was doing it. I thought he was frankly, I thought he was being pretty selfish the way he was playing. I thought he was kind of putting his own personal game mm-hmm. in front of team success. And um, so I called him for it. You know, I asked a couple of tough questions, and uh, but he 
he just stuck with it. And now it's like, it's almost like if you just saw him and did not know the history of Clay Thompson, would you have been like, oh, this no guy clue. missed two and a half years? No clue. None. <laughs> I was very much, because he had that game, what was it, against against Phoenix, where he went like one for ten from three? Yeah. And, and just, just kind of shot shots. him out of it? Yeah. It was, I was, I, again, admitting wrongness here, was in that like, man, if he's going to do this in the playoffs, you cannot let this happen in the postseason. Well, the Warriors did like it you right. you got to reel him in. And Clay did it right mm-hmm. because he found his game. Right. And when he did that, and I think this is why Steve Kerr stuck with it, because he knew that this version of Clay was coming. Yeah. And yeah. foul on me for doubting it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you know, Clay even said the other day, he goes, like, a year ago at this time, I couldn't touch the rim. That's insane, Nuts. dude. Yeah. And now he's out here. Averaging twenty five points in a playoff series. Yeah, he's that back. Sense. He he he's back, and uh, it's very enjoyable to see knowing everything he went through, and that's why it would just feel really great if the Warriors are able to prevail and ultimately win another championship. It would be one of the more impressive championships that I can personally remember. Yeah, I'm interested to see how what what the vibe is if they do win this series. If it feels successful or not. To me, uh, I do think they win the series. You've got Golden State in six. I like that. I'm going to ride with that. He's Jason Dumas. I'm Kyle Madsen. John Dickinson jumping in. We're going to take you up to tip-off right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.